welcome to the Gut Nerd Caribbean, a podcast dedicated to promoting a healthy and healthy gut for every member of your family. I'm your host, Dr. Romani Gunnis, a physician on a mission to help you understand the immense role that your gut organisms play in your overall health. And if you consume roughly 30 grams of fiber daily from diverse sources of vegetables and fruits, you can turn your gut organisms into ninja warriors against obesity, diabetes, and mental health issues. It's Sunday, August 22nd, 2021, and this evening we do some escaping to the land of fairy tales as we look at dietary fiber and the Cinderella story and see if we can find our way from once upon a time to happily ever after. The story of Cinderella was not invented by Disney but evolved from hundreds of versions and folklore variations that trace back somewhere between 7 BC and AD 23, with the story of Rhodopis, a Greek slave girl whose sandals were taken by an eagle to the lap of an Egyptian king, who then saw it as a sign to search and find her and make her his queen. There's a Chinese version from the 9th century and about 500 versions coming out of Europe including the French one written by Charles Perrault in 1697. And that's the version that most closely resembles the modern day version that is portrayed in the 1950 Disney animated film and written into the storybooks by the Brothers Grimm in Grimm's Fairy Tales of 1812. royalty of these stories in search of the feet that will perfectly fit the glass slipper. Human beings have been scouring our earthly kingdom in search of that perfect diet that will magically transform our lives. Most often our focus is on weight loss. Sometimes we want improved energy levels, better diabetes control and a more resilient immune system. We have offered the glass slipper to many candidates over decades, filled with hope and promise each time. But too often, we are disappointed by our inability to sustain the long-term commitment and thereby benefit from any promised bliss. Who remembers offering the glass slipper to the grapefruit diet of 1971, or the Slim Fast program that began in 1977? The 80s saw the Beverly Hills diet and the Jenny Craig and the liquid diet that was popularized by Oprah Winfrey. And then came the 90s with the zone diet, the blood type diet, and the subway diet. And then into the 2000s came the Atkins alongside the South Beach, the Nutrisystem, the apple cider vinegar diet, juicing, paleo, and the keto. one candidate who you may not have yet offered that glass slipper to. 
but whose name has appeared in numerous medical publications, discussions, conferences, and guidelines. And that is the Mediterranean diet, a dietary pattern that emerged in the regions bordering the Mediterranean Sea in the 1950s. It was after World War II and a time of economic recovery when there was a lot more produce and food generally available. But it was also a time before the climb in socioeconomic status introduced lots of processed foods, industrialized food production on a large scale, and larger amounts of meat. The traditional Mediterranean diet involves a relatively high consumption of vegetables, legumes, fruits, and unprocessed grains. There's eggs and seafood eaten a few times a week and low amounts of meat and meat products eaten a few times per month with the occasional sweet dessert. There is a preference for unsaturated fats coming chiefly from olive oil, fish, nuts and seeds. And this particular diet has been shown to have numerous health benefits, including a reduction in obesity, heart disease, diabetes, alongside an improvement in cognitive and mental health and prevention of several types of cancers. So, is our geographic location in the Caribbean a hindrance or an insurmountable barrier to seizing these amazing benefits? Or, are we wise enough to notice that a key element of this pattern of eating is high fiber from diverse sources of vegetables and fruits? As recent as 2020, the British Medical Journal in its gut edition highlighted two randomized controlled studies that showed that the Mediterranean diet significantly altered the gut microbiome in favor of bacterial strains that reduced inflammation and improved insulin resistance, and also improved the markers of healthy aging and cognition. Just like the heroine in our Cinderella story, dietary fiber has been quietly toiling away, doing the dirty work to reshape our gut microbiome into the ideal home of health. And yet, it does not receive the prominence and recognition for all this hard work. If you look at food labels, you will see that the macronutrients dominate the labels. I don't want to refer to them as the wicked stepsisters of the story. But carbohydrates, fats, and protein, along with a calorie count, is what tends to take precedence. If dietary fiber is listed, it will be lower down on the label, and quite possibly a feature that you will ignore unless your focus has been fine-tuned to zone in on it. Have you ever used any fitness and nutrition apps like MyFitnessPal, or MyPlates, or MyNetDiary? You will observe again that the calories, the carbs, the protein, and the fats are center stage at the bowl. Between the food labels and the fitness apps, fiber is still in a state of oppression. So here's this week's homework challenge. Are you ready to step in and be the fairy godmother that gets fiber to the bowl? Are you ready to offer the glass slipper to fiber in your Caribbean version of the Mediterranean diet? Are you ready to take the once upon a time 
and make it into a happily ever after. I've enjoyed escaping with you and I look forward to next Sunday when we reconnect again on our journey to becoming heroes of our own health.